All right, John, tell us where you are today. Yes, sir, Jim. Um, if, if people can hear the sounds of a high school pep band behind me, I'm at U.S. Bank Stadium. It's day one of the state soccer semifinals here. We've got uh, six boys games today. Game two is going on right now. It's halftime. Maple Grove one, Woodbury one, and 3A boys soccer. The teams are off the field for halftime. The bands are trading tunes, and uh, it's not quite the atmosphere of a Vikings game, but it's pretty darn cool to be in here for high school soccer. Well, you know what? I like both. I, I like the yeah. uh, I like the pageantry of a packed stadium for a Vikings game. It's a great yeah. stadium, but I, I love I love pep bands. I think pep bands might be the best thing about high school sports. Hard to beat it. It's just hard to beat it. I, like I've like I've mentioned on Twitter, I want a pep band at my funeral, and uh, who knows? But uh, they are really cool for sure. No doubt. He's John Millay. This is Preps Today with John Millay. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Brian Burdett is our producer. Our sponsors are Pizza Barn in Princeton and Propane, Minnesota Propane. Get out there and grill. Uh, highly recommend the Pizza Barn food truck. We'll tell you more about their operation a little bit later here, though. Uh, and if, as you know, John is the prep sports and activities guru at MSHSL.org. We're going to start off with one of John's favorite topics. Tell us about pork chops. Pork chops, Jim. Uh, I was at a football game where there were pork chops on Saturday. Um, but until Friday, I wasn't sure where I was going to go. These were section semifinals. And most of the Saturday games were in the afternoon, which is, and it was a splendid afternoon, just like we're on such a good run of weather here. So what I do in these situations, I look through all the schedule, look through all the games, start jotting down some possibilities. And the one I ended up circling on that list was Becker. Uh, they had a 1 o'clock game. Uh, they played Detroit Lakes in a Class 4A Section 8 football semifinal. Now, the question would be asked, were pork chops a factor in my decision to go to Becker? Hmm. I, will neither, I will neither confirm nor deny, but I will confirm that I walked through the gate of the field 90 minutes before kickoff, and about 90 seconds later, I was eating a pork chop, and then I had another one. And... Uh, I've talked about these. I've written about them. They've been grilling pork chops at football games in Becker for, I don't know, it's a long time. I mean, the, the guy, the farmer who originally started it, he's no longer with us. So the tradition has continued. And it's the, the thing is, there's some kind of magical secret sauce. They marinate these 500 pork chops in, in coolers, and it's phenomenal. So I get out of my car. I walk through the gate, and one of the first people I see is a guy named Don Larson, I've known Don for a long time. He's He does a lot of different things at football games there. Um, he's in charge of the gum for the coaches. He takes care of the headsets for the Becker coaches. And he kind of oversees the pork chop operation, I think. So So Don saw me, and he's the guy. He, Im he immediately said, hey, John, good to see you. Thanks for coming. The first, the first batch of chops are ready to go. So he had the crew hand me two of those things. This is not fancy dining. There's no utensils. They basically hand you a pork chop with some napkins in a little paper boat. You eat them with your hands. You need the napkins. They're messy. They're great. Uh, I tweeted some photos of the pork chops and the, and the operation Saturday. And every time I go up to Becker, they tell me about people who have no interest in football. They'll buy a ticket to the game so they can get to the pork chops. They'll bring like, you know, one of those metal sheet pans with a cover on it, a baking pan. They all say, give me eight pork chops, put them in the pan, take them home or take them to the, to the local, you know, 
bar and grill. I don't know what they're doing, but people love these chops. It's a great thing. So let's get back to football, though. Pork chops are one thing. Football was the re- was actually the reason I went. I hadn't been to Becker in, a, in a, at least a couple of years. Uh, a really tough, hard-nosed football game. The final score was Becker 31, Detroit Lakes 14. And I was up in Detroit Lakes earlier in the year, had a great time up there. They They were very nice to me. And they're a good team, but they have just been decimated by injuries. And, and the, boy, the kids, they, they've still got out on the field some tough and talented kids. Becker just had too much for them and took advantage of turnovers and breaks. So Becker's next challenge is another big one. They're going to meet Ricori on Friday night in Monticello. The winner goes to the state tournament. It's an interesting matchup. In, the, in week one, Ricori beat Becker 31-10. to 10. Becker does not lose by a score like that very often. That's Becker's only loss. Uh, Ricori is 7-2. and two. They had a couple of late-season losses to Hutchinson and Wilmer, two good teams. That should be a great game. There will be plenty of good matchups in all the football section title game uh, title games this week. And every time I go to Becker, i got to spend some time with Dwight Lundeen, the head coach. It's, it's an amazing story. He Right out of college, at age 21, they were starting a football program at Becker High School, then a pretty small town. So they hired this 21-year-old. You're the head coach. This is his 53rd season. No plans to retire. I ask him that every time. He feels great. He's in better shape than I've ever been or ever will be. You know, he's just an amazing man, one of the friendliest people I know. He's famous for being a great golfer. He used to be a hardcore racquetball player. And I said, I bet bet you've given up racquetball for pickleball, haven't you? And he smiled. He said, oh, he loves pickleball. Plays, plays pickleball eight hours every week. So he's he stays busy. Um, and then another final note from Becker, another reason I'm, I'm glad I was there. They have been playing on real grass since they started football there 53 years ago. This was their last game at home this season and their last game on their grass field. They're going to they're gonna join the turf club. They're going to have turf for the 2023 season. So in honor of the final game on grass and Becker, I chewed sunflower seeds from beginning to end and spit like crazy. So I got a lot of uh, a lot of my DNA is down in that grass that they're going to rip up on those sunflower seeds. But thanks to every, thanks to everybody in Becker, it's always a great place to go. I, I recommend going there just if you love high school football. I told Dwight after the game, I don't know how many high school football games and different places I've been to in this state. I think Becker might be my favorite just for game day atmosphere, especially on a beautiful Saturday afternoon. They do, they do such a good job. They have all kinds of great traditions there. You know, there's no track around the football field. The fans are right on top of things. Just fantastic place to watch football. So good luck to Becker this week against Ricori. Good luck to Ricori against Becker. And uh, it's a good time of year. We must have had a miscommunication, John. I thought the whole show was going to be about pork chops. <laughs> well, chapter one, pork chops. Chapter we can one, talk about other pork chops. Pet bands and pork chops. Hey, there's a good title for a podcast, Pet Bands and Pork Chops. That might be a book, no doubt about it. <laughs> Maybe. It'll be the next Friday Night Lights. Here you go. <laughs> Saturday afternoon pork chops. Uh, oh, I do, yeah. and this is also a journalistic lesson in here. If you're going to sell out, sell it for something really delicious. Oh, yes. No regrets here. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's let's move on now to state championships. Yeah, we are playing soccer, as I said, at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium this week. State semifinals. It's Tuesday as we're talking. All six boys semifinals in three classes today. Wednesday, we'll have six girls semifinals. And Friday will be a big day here. We're going to have six soccer state championship games. 
three boys, three girls on Friday. Uh, the uh, third place games will be played uh, not at U.S. Bank Stadium. There's not enough time in the day, but they're going to be played this week at the West St. Paul Regional Athletic Center. It's a big dome. they got plenty of room for everybody, so that'll be great. Uh, state cross country meet will be Saturday at St. Olaf College down in Northfield. I think we got four individual state champs looking to repeat. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the forecast. I think the last time I looked, we may be a little wet on Saturday, but we'll see. Um, we've seen everything from snow to 70 degrees down there, so there's no way to know. And I'll recap last week's state tournament. Uh, we had uh, girls tennis. Congrats to the team champions, Rochester Lourdes in Class A, Minnetonka in AA. Your singles state champions were Minnetonka's Sarah Shabazz and Brecks Isabel Inus. And the doubles winners were uh, the Rochester Mayo sisters, Claire and Oifi Loftus in 2A. And in 1A, Minnehaha Academy's Greta Johnson and Chloe Alley. I, I stopped at both sites for girls tennis last week. Great. Great competition, great fans, just so much fun. So congrats to all the players and teams who took part in uh, girls' state tennis. Excellent. Uh, we're going to talk next about an official working toward the NFL, which sounds like a really cool story. Uh, first, though, we want to thank Pizza Barn in Princeton. Jody stays fine operation. Yeah, uh, they're always busy. They're always doing good things at the Pizza Barn in Princeton. I noticed on their Facebook page on Halloween here, Monday night, they basically set up a buffet for the kids, for the trick-or-treaters to come in and counteract all that candy. They had a kid-friendly buffet for the kids and moms and dads and grandpas and grandmas. So if anybody was, was done trick-or-treating or getting ready to go or wanted a break, they could come in and have a nice dinner uh, and maybe uh, focus their energies away from candy for a bit, have a great meal at the pizza barn. Those food trucks, like you mentioned, Jim, they're, they're very busy right now. Uh, uh, this week alone, I was looking at the schedule, some private events, and then stops at uh, Back Channel Brewery, Sunken Ship Brewery. I'm going to mispronounce this, Aegir Brewing Company, A-E-G-I-R. There's a theme here. We got breweries, breweries hmm. and pizza, pizza from food trucks. I like that. And then also they were there at the grand opening of a new Keller Williams Realty office in Roseville. Uh, we've talked about the famous lunch buffet at the Pizza Barn in downtown Princeton every weekday. Tons of great options. And the menu there is gigantic with uh, just everything you'd want for lunch, dinner, in-person dining, take and bake, delivery. They cater. Those two food trucks rolling around. So great thanks to our friend Jody Stay and her entire crew at the Pizza Barn. We're uh, thrilled to uh, have them sponsor our podcast. Yes, we're also thrilled to be working with Minnesota to propane get out there and grill it's still beautiful outside uh use propane for whatever you can these days all right i'm intrigued by the next headline you sent me an official working toward the nfl yeah i kind of teased this on last week's show jim uh it's yep. a female official a high school football official her goal is to work in the nfl and uh it's a really an interesting person um her name's leah Barrard. she lives in st paul i i basically ran into her by accident i was at a game earlier in the year I like to go chat with the officials, and here's a female official. So I find out her name, and later on, you know, I, I Google her name, and I find out she has a has a past as a world-renowned rugby official. She hmm. went to uh, Wisconsin lacrosse, you know, played rugby, you know, with, I assume, the club team there, fell in love with it, and then became an official. She traveled the world officiating, officiating rugby. 
And the way she got into football, she was thinking of trying a different sport at some point here. Um, so this is where Mike Pereira comes into the picture. We know if you watch yeah. NFL on Fox, Mike's a former NFL official, former supervisor of officials in that league, been a Fox rules analyst for a decade. So Leah was telling me the story. Apparently, Mike Pereira happened to be watching rugby on TV a few years ago. And one of the officials was Leah from St. Paul. He clearly was impressed. He, he called people he knows at Referee Magazine, which is a very, very good magazine for people who officiate sports, national magazine. He, he said, you should get a hold of this uh, rugby official from Minnesota and do a story. And, uh, and they did. And, you know, and, and her reaction when Referee Magazine gets a hold of her, she says she knew who Mike Pereira was. She said, that the Mike Pereira huh. saw me. And, and, and that kind of was, was kind of the linchpin to, to, to her becoming a football official. Uh, she's also a Division One college football official. And she told me flat out her goal is to officiate in the NFL. And, you wow. know, there's three females there now. She knows who they are. And... Uh, and she's just fantastic. And I think a lot of this, I talked to Dan Pelletier, who's the referee, the white cap on her high school crew. And he basically said, the sky's the limit for her. You know, she came in with officiating knowledge, you know, in a different sport, but a sport that isn't that different from football. There's a lot of physical contact, a lot of quickness, a lot of speed. And uh, she would love to be in the NFL. And I don't know that you can count her out. So anybody who wants to know more about Leah, go to John's Journal at MSHSL.org. You can read about her. I've got a picture of her and her, and her high school crew there. And, and again, we can't thank officials enough. I think, you know, for the fall now, we're into these tournaments and we're going to be okay with officials because there's so few games played now. Um, but boy, it's just, I had a great time talking to Leah and just the commitment of these people, the, the love for the game. And it's tremendous. So thanks to all our officials. I'm going to pay you a high compliment and tell you I might have to steal that story from you, John. I would be very highly complimented, Jim. I can, I can connect you with Leah. She's fantastic. Yeah, that sounds like uh, exactly my kind of column. I, so nice work. Nice work on that one. That's really cool. Uh, let's get to one of our set pieces here, Most Valuable Teammate. Yeah, this week's Most Valuable Teammate is Ireland Stassen, and my heritage being Irish, I'm all on board with anybody named Ireland. Uh, she's a senior volleyball player at Minneota High School. She's the heart and pulse of her team. Her enthusiasm, drive, leadership, and encouragement are ev evident. She's selfless, never looks for credit for herself. She's a leader on the court, in the classroom, and in her school. Congratulations to Minneota's Ireland Stassen on being named this week's most valuable teammate. Excellent. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you probably already know what's coming next, but hey, we continue to add listeners. We continue to grow our network. I want to thank everyone who has listened to this show, everyone who's listened to this network. Before we get to our last segment here, just a reminder, we have great people on the network. Cheryl Reeve, Michael Russo, Anthony Lapanta, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, John Millay, Jeff Diamond, John Krasinski, Mike Grimm, Dave Lee, uh, plus all of our outdoor content. Thanks again to our producer, Brian Burdett. Seriously, Appreciate you listening, especially to this show, because it's such a good-hearted show about good people. Uh, we really want to promote this. So if you like the show, tell people about it. Tell about tell people about the great work John does. Tell them this is a great place to uh, listen to him, to compliment his writing at, at mshsl.org. All right, so let's get to the last segment here, Twitter or Tribal Social. 
Yeah, Jim, you, I think just yesterday tweeted that you had set up a tribal social account in case I did the same thing after I saw your tweet, downloaded that app on my phone in case we all have to bail out from Twitter. I mean, Twitter's just such a great tool for what we do, It is. but it's under new management for people who are following along. Um, Not exactly encouraging at this point, I would say. So there may be an alternative. I, you know, we we're so used to Twitter. It seems strange to even think about not using Twitter, but if that thing goes sideways and like I said, it's not very encouraging at this point under the new management, but, but we'll see Um, things change. You know, I, I, we'd never heard of Twitter however many years ago and, and now it's a part of our daily lives, but things can change. I don't know. You know, we'll have to, I guess it's a waiting game. I, like I said, I'd hate to start over, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to be silly about this either and, and hang on to an app, a platform that isn't doing things the way we all think they should, but we'll see. We'll give, we'll give Elon some time here. Maybe he'll figure things out and be fine. Russo used to tease me because I always told him I would never be on Facebook. I would never get on Twitter. And eventually I just had to, you know, you just can't, it's, it is a tool and you can't not use it in our business. Um, but I might've been right the first time. (laughs) You might. (laughs) It's a long game. We'll see how it, how it pans out. (laughs) And at this point to take it seriously, what I, what I would say is after thinking about it for the last 24 hours, I have started my account in travel social and start posting our podcasts and certain columns there as well. I don't know how much I'm going to engage, but I, I just like having place to post stuff that I think is worth worthwhile, including this show. Um, I think my instinct at the moment is stay on Twitter, but spend more time on tribal social. I think that's smart. They yeah, kind of get, get our feet wet on the new app. And, and if anybody's looking for it, T R I B E L social, that's the app. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. Listen to that cheer when when you said you were going to go to Tribal Social. Listen to the cheer you got <laughs> in that stadium. They have something to do with uh, the Woodbury Boys soccer team just taking a two to one lead over Maple Grove in the second half. But maybe they're all listening to the podcast down there. Why wouldn't they be, John? Well, it's not Why live, wouldn't so they be? Okay, that's a good. That's a good an reason. Issue there. Maybe they're just reading my lips. Brian should have wired the stadium for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll get us up on big screen. Oh, that would scare young children. It would. Yes, I would uh, probably chase people away from the network. All right. Hey, you got to get back to work. Uh, Great stuff today as always. Thank you. Uh, uh, Thank you for the idea. Uh, Hopefully I'll be turning a column on that. Thanks to Brian Burdett for producing and making it sound good, even under difficult circumstances. And once again, sincerely, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, We do appreciate it. 